You're listening to To Succeed, Just Let Go, a podcast that'll change how you think and change your life. I'm Willie Horton and I'm a psychologist. I've been helping people change their lives since 1996. Broadcasting from the French Alps and delighted to have you along. Let's take this week's step in the right direction. You don't need to concern yourself with what kind of actions you need to take moving forward. You don't need to concern yourself with what kind of goals you think you want. You don't need to concern yourself with how you behave yourself or how you react to situations. All you need to concern yourself with is meditating so that you free your mind so that in every situation you know where you are and you know what you need to do that will move you in the direction that is best for you. If those words sound familiar to you, it's because I've extracted them from towards the end of last week's podcast episode, because that is where I want to pick up today. If those words don't sound familiar to you, doesn't it just show you how adept we all are at paying attention? That's what it's all about, my friends our ability to pay attention to the reality of what is going on. And I mean it, that is all that this is about. As I said in last week's episode, you don't need to worry your pretty little head about anything else. All you need to do is develop your ability to pay attention to what is real in your life, right here, right now, because your life is right here, right now. It's not yesterday. It's not your childhood. I mentioned that for a reason, obviously. And it's certainly not tomorrow or the week after or the coming weekend that you might be looking forward to or the holidays in the summer that you might be looking forward to. It's only right here, right now. Now, if you don't develop your ability to pay attention to the reality of the moment right here, right now. Your mind, by default, is going to pay attention to your childhood memories. That is psychological fact. It needs to pay attention to your childhood memories, if it's operating normally on automatic pilot, because it is your experiences from your childhood that guide you through today. Consider the madness of what I've just said. When we are operating normally, using our normal way of thinking, our thinking minds subconsciously are paying almost all of our attention to our childhood memories. And I'll repeat what I said a moment ago because it is crazy, because it is those childhood memories that our normal way of thinking uses to enable me navigate my life today. No wonder people are stressed out. No wonder people are dissatisfied. No wonder people come to me saying that they crave peace of mind. No wonder people say to me that they'd love to be carefree. No wonder people say to me that, I've struggled so hard to change my life, but I can't. And of course, the reason that they can't is that until they start using their minds in an abnormal fashion, their thinking minds are always going to use their childhood memories to enable them navigate their present life. And they are never going to change anything as a result. If you want to change anything 
about anything in your life, whether it is financial, health, fitness, relationships, business, career, parenting, anything. If you want to change anything about anything in your life, you're going to have to start using your mind differently. But once you start using your mind differently, as I said a few minutes ago, you don't have to worry your pretty little head about what you need to do next to, for example, experience financial freedom or weight loss or fitness or better relationships or a booming business. Somebody said to me recently his business was mushrooming and he works in the financial services sector. He isn't in the mushroom business. Anything you want to happen in your life thereafter, anything that is even better than that, best for you in your life thereafter, will fall into your lap as a result of you training your mind to pay attention to the reality of the here and now. Now, I'm not saying that it's some kind of magic formula. What I am saying is this. When I am attentive to the here and now, when I am focused on the reality of the moment, when I am clear in my mind, and in particular clear of all the childhood memories that would otherwise constrain me, hold me back, or have me believe that I'm not able to do some of the things that I really know I need to do to change my life, when I'm free of all of that, just here in the present moment, then I am going to do just what I need to do to get what is best for me and those I love out of this present moment and as a result of that, my life will move inexorably and effortlessly forward. That's why I started this week's episode with a short couple of seconds from last week's episode. Because even when people that I've worked with over the years start experiencing the difference in their lives, in their daily lives, in their experience of their daily lives, moment to moment, as a result of turning up to their daily lives, moment to moment, even when that begins to happen and they experience outcomes that they describe as weird, and they are weird because they're abnormal, because they are different from the results, if you could call them that, that the normal mind would deliver to you using your normal way of thinking that I described earlier on. E even when all that happens, people say to me, well, what do I need to do next? Or how should I set my mind to achieve, you know, my big goals and my big dreams? Or how will I behave in certain situations? Or what will I say when confronted by this that or the other person. You don't need to worry your head about any of that at all for the simple reason that when you turn up to the here and now, you know where you are and you know what you have to do and you just do it without thinking about it. As a result of that, doing it is effortless and, as many people over the years have said to me, you'll end up surprising yourself because you'll start doing things that you thought you couldn't do, saying things that you were afraid to say, stepping outside of the shadow of your own perceived, as cognitive psychology calls it, your own conceptual self. You'll step out of the shadow of your personality, the person that you thought you were. I recollect 
many years ago. Oh, no, hold on. Before I go any further at all, I need to say that this is going out on Wednesday, March 8th. On Wednesday, March 15th, I will be doing a Facebook Live special at 2 p.m. my time. That's 1 p.m. in Ireland and the UK. And it's earlier in the morning on the east coast of the United States. I'll be doing a Facebook Live special because I'm celebrating a couple of important anniversaries on the 15th of this month. I won't tell you what they are yet. I'm not going to steal my own thunder. But one of the things I will be celebrating or foreshadowing, if I can put it like that, is the fact that on Thursday, the 16th of March, I will be issuing issue number 800 of my weekly free video, quick tip and reflection, going out every Thursday morning since 2008. Now, that's relevant to what I'm about to say now, because I remember many years ago, and I don't know how long ago it is, we could have been at issue 200 or 250, that I was talking to a friend of mine, a client in the West of Ireland, the managing director of quite a big company, and his financial controller came into him just as he was watching my Thursday video. And the financial controller said to him, Oh, I see you're watching Horton's weekly video. He said, I watched it a little bit earlier. Uh, they're a bit repetitive, aren't they? And my friend, the chief executive, looked at the financial controller and said, well, look upon it like this. There are only so many ways you can tell somebody you need to bloody meditate. Here I am, years later, basically telling you the same thing. You need to meditate. Because when you meditate, you develop your ability to pay attention to the reality of your own life in the present moment, as a result of which you turn up to your own life in the present moment. And it's a process. The, the more you do this, the more you'll turn up to your own life moment to moment, so that you'll end up in what the University of Chicago calls flow most of the time every day. I didn't say most of the time, most days. I said most of the time, every day. As a result of which you start experiencing a totally different you and you start understanding that as a result of becoming acquainted with a totally different you, you understand that you can trust yourself to always do the right thing in the right way at the right time, to always be the right person in the right place at the right time, to move you and yours ever forward, inexorably, and as I said earlier on, effortlessly. You see, people often misunderstand the word effortlessly when I say it, because people say to me, oh, sure, I have to do stuff. That requires effort. No, it doesn't. The effort comes from thinking about what you have to do. Just like stress. Stress comes from thinking about what you have to do instead of bloody doing it. The interesting thing is that everybody knows this. It's, it's in all the newspapers. It's in all the weekend magazines. The amount of stuff that's been written about what is often described as mindfulness, which is unfortunate because people don't understand what mindfulness is. Mindfulness is being 
fully in control of your own state of mind in the here and now so that you're fully paying attention to the here and now. But this is all over the place. And the research in relation to what meditation does to mind and a body has been all over the place and freely available for the last two decades, more than two decades. And, you know, a lot of the research that neuroscience has undertaken over the last 11, 12 years, that's freely available too. And it isn't that you have to be some kind of scholar to go and look for something very specific. All you have to do is Google. Oh, never mind Google. All you have to do is go on YouTube, which I will refer to in again a couple of minutes, by the way. All you have to do is go on YouTube and look around, poke around for this stuff. It's freely available. It's all there. It's really simple. Somebody, a client, a good friend of mine, said to me recently, he said, what you talk about is something so simple, a simple process for complicated people. Now, he's wrong, of course, as I pointed out to him straight away. It's a simple process for simple people who think they're complicated. It's the thinking that complicates matters. It is the thinking that creates the effort in our lives. So to come back to the point I was making in relation to effortless. There's no effort involved doing what you need to do in the present moment if you haven't distracted yourself to think about it. Let me put it another way because this is how our minds work anyway. It's only thinking that has muddled us. It is only thinking that has created this effort, this stress, this disbelief in ourselves. It is only thinking that has stopped us in our tracks as we try to change our lives. Let's put it really simply, in a situation where you don't have time to think. I'm gonna go back to evolutionary times when we were hunter-gatherers. But the same thing applies, for example, if, as I said to somebody recently, you happen to be trotting across the level crossing as the barriers begin to go down and your stiletto heel gets caught in the rails and there's an express train coming straight for you. You don't have time to think. You have to do what you've got to do to survive in that situation. So the key thing that I've just said to you is you don't have time to think. If when we were hunter-gatherers and you were confronted by a person-eating tiger, you stopped to think about what you had to do, you'd be dead. In the same way, obviously, if you looked down at your shoes and said to yourself, oh, they're lovely stiletto heels. It's just unfortunate that I've got one of them caught in the rails. You'd be dead. The minute we start thinking about anything, we get in our own way and we prevent ourselves doing what we instinctively know we need to do in the moment. Let's go back to the hunter-gatherer scenario. And I'm, I'm, I'm laboring this a little bit because it's very important because I'm going to go through exactly how this works, how it worked seven or 8,000 years ago, how it works now if you stop thinking about it. I'm walking through the bush, looking for tonight's dinner. I wander into a clearing in the bush that I've never been in before. So it's completely novel to me. Now, I will have been using my mind normally. In other words, I won't be paying minute attention to what I'm actually doing because my mind is designed to ensure that I will give all of my attention to a life-threatening situation. So I haven't been paying attention to what I've been doing or where I am. And yet I've walked into a place where I've never been before. If I'm using my thinking mind normally, 
I don't know where I am. I will make assumptions in relation to where I think I am, but they're useless in relation to what happens next. Because there I am standing there and the person eating beast rustles in the bushes and stands out in front of me. Now I don't have time to think. So my doing mind, my subcortical brain, immediately springs into action. I've stopped thinking. I'm just there. I just am. The hippocampus in my subcortical brain, which was suppressed by my normal way of thinking and has now sprung into action, already has at its disposal a three-dimensional map of where I'm standing, even though I never stood there before. It knows exactly where I am. As a result of having this 3D map, and as a result of having been triggered into action by the fight or flight response, it will immediately evaluate in the twinkling of an eye. So there's no cognitive process involved here. There's no thinking involved here at all. In the twinkling of an eye, it will determine which is the most effective, efficient, and least effortful route out of the danger in which I find myself. And I'll just do it. That's how the mind works. The only difference between that and the mess of normal living in the 21st century is that we allow our thinking minds get in the way and our thinking minds stop us doing. As I said a moment ago, that is the way our brains were actually designed. To enable our thinking minds, enable us meander and wander through the day without paying attention to what we're doing so that in the event of a life-threatening situation unfolding, that life-threatening situation would have all of our attention. As I said earlier on, in order to enable us meander through each day, our thinking mind, our normal thinking mind, will use our childhood memories as a guide. Let me put it more bluntly than that. My memories, my subconscious memories from 1960 and 1961 in particular, would take me by the hand today in 2023 and lead me through my day. And uh, it'd be okay. Uh, no, nobody died today. I'd be okay. I'd make it through the day. But how dissatisfying would that be in terms of the opportunities I would have missed during the course of the day, the things I would have stopped myself doing as a result of my childhood memories, convincing me that I couldn't do the things that I knew I needed to do today to enable me change some aspect of my life? How frustrating would that be? <laughs> Sorry, no, I'll re-ask that question. How frustrating is it? Because for 96% of people, this is their so-called experience of life. Wow. All you have to do is turn up. All you have to do is cultivate a state of mind where you're present and where you stay present. Now, therein lies the rub, doesn't it? Because an awful lot of people with whom I've worked who have been listening to me and do meditate regularly, still find themselves all over the place in the middle of the day 
because they're cool, calm, collected, and experience peace of mind, and experience carefreeness and effortlessness while they're meditating. When they've woken up in the morning, they've taken the steps to ensure that they have mentally woken up during the morning. What they forget is that they need to stay awake during the course of the day. There's a whole package deal involved here in ensuring, first of all, that you get a good night's sleep. Told you that I'd mention YouTube again earlier on. If you go on YouTube and put in the search box, no more sleepless nights, Willie Horton, you will come up with a short video from a number of years ago that explains how you get a good night's sleep. But listen to this. I was sitting with a group of people a couple of years ago, and one of the girls in the group said that on the nights that she does that exercise that you will learn about in No More Sleepless Nights by Willie Horton on YouTube, on the nights I do that exercise, I get a wonderful night's sleep. And on the nights I don't, my sleep is all over the place. And I wake up at three in the morning, you know, thinking about things and can't get back asleep. And everybody else in the room said to her, well, why are there nights when you don't do that exercise? I'll let that sink in for a minute. And I will tell you another story about a girl that I've been working with for a couple of years. I would talk to her from time to time on a Monday morning. And after a couple of months talking to her one-to-one -one on a Monday morning, I asked her, how was her weekend? And she said, ah, oh, Saturday was a normal Saturday. Saturday is my down day. I'm always exhausted after my week's work on a Saturday. And it really takes me the whole of Saturday to recover from the week. And I kind of write it off. It's a miserable day. But, you know, by the time Sunday came around, I was bouncing around the place full of beans, full of energy all over again. So I let that go. A couple of weeks later, another Monday morning, I said to her, did you meditate this morning? She said, oh, I meditated before I came online with you. I said, do you meditate every morning? She said, oh, I meditate six days a week. I give myself the day off on a Saturday. I said nothing. I just sat there and watched the penny slowly drop. We know what we have to do. As I said to you a few minutes ago, this is all over the place. I'm not the font of all wisdom here. Somebody emailed me this morning thanking me for how I changed their lives. I didn't change their lives. They changed their lives as a result of, uh, well, first of all, listening to what I said and actually putting it into practice rather than just listening to it and thinking about it. But this stuff is all over the place. You need to meditate every day. Somebody else said to me a few months ago, oh, I meditate every day or I try to meditate every day because I know on the days that I don't meditate, they're going to be a disaster. I know what happens when I don't meditate. Why do you meditate? He asked me. And I said, oh, I meditate every day because I know what happens on the days that I meditate. <laughs> it's not a subtle difference. It's not a subtle difference at all. Because on the days we meditate, first of all, we set ourselves up in the right way for the day ahead before the day gets going. As a result of which, as a result of regular meditation, and all the research says regular is, you know, every day for eight weeks, eight, just eight weeks, every morning for just eight weeks. But as a result of doing that, 
The subcortical brain that I mentioned earlier on, I mentioned the hippocampus that springs into action when the person-eating beast leaps from the bushes. That part of the brain is restructured after eight weeks as a result of everyday meditation. Uh, you might say to yourself, so what? No, <laughs> you know, so a couple of my neural pathways are different than they were before I started meditating. What is the practical benefit of that? Very simple. Whereas the brain evolved to ensure that the hippocampus sprang into action when you encountered a life-threatening situation. When that part of the brain is restructured as a result of regular meditation, that part of the brain will spring into action when you are confronted by a threat. Obviously, you still need to pay attention to those things, but also when you encounter an opportunity. In other words, you've completely changed your interaction with the moment as a result of meditating. You've completely changed your experience of the moment, moment to moment during the course of your life. If you meditate every morning and if you call yourself to attention during the course of the day and if you do what it takes to get a good night's sleep. As I said, it's something of a package deal. It's something of a package deal that takes very little time. Eight minutes, nine minutes in the morning is sufficient every morning to enable you restructure your brain. Eight minutes meditation every day. Seven eighths are 56. That's 56 minutes a week. That isn't even an hour. On top of that, you need to take a couple of moments during the course of the day to check yourself, to course correct, if I can put it like that. Because with the best will in the world, Surrounded by people who are using their minds normally, who are thinking too much, tripping themselves up, and as they fall, trying to drag us with them. As a result of that, you're bound to be dragged back down to the madness of the normal crazy mind throughout the course of the day. So we need to course correct during the course of the day as well. That can be as simple as stopping and taking a couple of deep breaths and feeling the deep breaths and noticing where you are. It can be as simple as asking yourself, do I need to course correct? Seriously, because if the answer is yes, realizing that you need to course correct is the course correction. You don't need to do anything else. But you need to ensure that during the course of the day, you stay awake. Waking up, being totally zoned in in the morning isn't enough. We need to be totally zoned in moment to moment during the course of the day. Because moment to moment during the course of the day is when those opportunities present themselves. Those opportunities that because our subconscious mind, or should I say more precisely, the hippocampus in our subcortical brain has been fine-tuned and flipped into focusing on opportunities as well as threats. Those moments when those opportunities fall into our lap during the course of the day, I can spring into action. I don't need to think about it, which means my thinking mind is not going to say to me, oh, you couldn't take that opportunity, that could be risky, or you're not the kind of person who could do that, or you know, you're going to look stupid if you do that and fail. Or you're going to lose friends if you do that and succeed. That's an interesting one. We've talked about that before. This is all born out of the rubbish in your own head that you've been carrying around with you since you were a child. It's time to put down childish things. It's time to grow up and take responsibility 
for your own state of mind. Because that is the only thing for which you have to take responsibility. As I said in replaying a couple of seconds of last week's podcast at the beginning of this week's episode, you don't need to worry your pretty little head about anything else. All you need to do is turn up to the here and now to turn up to your life. You've been listening to To Succeed, Just Let Go. To get involved, join me in my Facebook group, strangely enough called To Succeed, Just Let Go. And for more information, visit www.willie-hall.com.